spent a lot of time researching this as she, you know, finished uh, her degrees and then traveled the world between 2012, 2016, then realized this was a real problem, got $100,000 from uh, an angel investor who sits on the board of the Kennedy School, since has raised an additional 550000 bucks for six hundred fifty grand in total funding, has three customers right now doing about five grand per month in revenue, very close to closing though, some big contracts, specifically in the call center vertical, which is very interesting. They've got a team of three based up in New York City. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Sarah Nadal. She's the co-founder of a company called Stellar Employee. The company's B2B SaaS platform uses deep learning to help employers hire better hourly workers and improve retention by over 30%. She developed the technology while completing her PhD at Harvard. She has 10 years of international operations experience and completed her BA at Stanford University. All right, Sarah, are you ready to take us to the top? I'm ready. All right. HR Tech, tell us all about it. What do you guys do and how do you make money? Yeah, well, seller employee, the thing that we sell on is helping the employers of hourly jobs um, quickly identify and hire their best employees. So we've demonstrated that we can reduce turnover by 30%. Um, a lot of HR tech is sort of in fancier job space, but this is really exciting. There are 60 million Americans in hourly jobs. That's 40% of the labor force. People who make your coffee, um, fill your Amazon orders, clean your hotel rooms, et cetera. Um, they tend to leave their jobs once a year at an average cost of a thousand dollars to replace them. We're talking about a $60 billion problem. So if we're reducing turnover by 30%, saving about $20 billion. And how do you do that? Yeah. So the way we do this is we have a 15 minute questionnaire. It gets at a person's underlying abilities and what motivates them. It's very elegant, very quick. Um, It looks at the fundamental baseline of what drives hourly jobs and then a machine learning algorithm that we can calibrate based on every single client. So we learn the main drivers of success for every client, um, filter their applicants as they come through. So first thing applicants do is take our questionnaire. If they're good, they can schedule an interview before they close their browser. Um, And then we're getting feedback on them constantly getting better every day. So how would I use this? I mean, the way that I think I like to, I want to do interviews, trying to think about like how I might use this. And currently like how I find new talent to hire full-time at my company is I'll just put out like a, the same process doc to like 30 different people on Fiverr and the, I'll pay them all, you know, 10 bucks to do the task. And then whoever like goes above and beyond like the five that do, I'll then like narrow them down and give them more complicated tasks. And then I end up hiring the one full-time that like does the best. I don't know if that's against Fiverr's terms of services, but it's, walk, walk me through. Um, it, can I use, would I use your tool in conjunction with that, or they compete? Yeah. No. So that's a great question. So the uh, the types of jobs that we fill are um, tend to be jobs that 
require being on site that people are hiring like hundreds of people for the same job. So let me use the shoes of a hiring manager at a call center. Call centers are our biggest vertical. Um, the way they typically hire today is they post jobs on Indeed, maybe ZipRecruiter, Facebook Jobs, get inundated with resumes. Now they have a pile of resumes. They're going through resumes. It, you don't really have to have a particular educational or professional background to do well on the job. So the resumes are actually useless. Um, they end up trying to get the applicants on the phone to call, bring them in for an interview. It takes them five phone calls to get someone on the phone. Then the people who come in, um, and we discovered that, not surprisingly, um, they are over-indexing on people who are personable. Um, so then they hire people who are personable. They're not necessarily good at the job, et cetera. What happens with us is our employers continue to post their jobs everywhere, um, but they get a simple redirect link that takes applicants directly to our site. Most applicants are applying online um, using their smartphone, right? So asking for a resume is also a big pain in the butt um, to upload. They get a lot of dropouts. Now, instead of doing that, they're just answering a couple questions. Got it. Um, perform easy. And then they're told whether they get an interview. Yeah. So I am not your target customer. You're, you're going after the Starbucks, the, the, the call center stuff, et cetera. And, and basically what the employees are filling out, potential employees, it's like basically a, a, a recruiting version of strengths finder. Yeah. Very similar. Interesting. Yep. Okay. And how do you price? Um, we're B2B SaaS. Our clients uh, commit to an annual contract based on the number of hires they expect to make. We have tiered pricing, but kind of like a quick and dirty number is that we end up charging about $100 for every hire they make through our platform. Interesting. And, and give me a general sense of scale, like per contract. Are people doing 100 jobs per year, 1,000? What's the average contract size annually? Oh, yeah. So, um, Right now, we're hammering out final details with a call center company that hires a thousand people a month. Okay. So, 12, is that 000. typical? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, if you look across your entire customer base, most of them are hiring about a thousand people per month in the call center space, um, and, okay. which is where we're starting. You know, once you get down to like Starbucks, it's a little bit different, but. Um, we only work with clients who are who are hiring at least 30 people per month because the data is really crucial for us to do our job well. Okay, so your minimum is three grand a month then? Where, I'm sorry, what? Can I then back into that and basically say your minimum is three grand a month, 30 times 100? Okay, exactly. great. Okay, tell me more of the backstory here, right? It takes a unique kind of person to want to go into HR, you know, the HR tech space. So you, you get all these amazing degrees. Uh, did you jump into this right after college? Um. I, my, my trajectory makes sense, but it's really random. So <laughs> um, I studied international relations in college. I always thought that like my dream job would be to work at the World Bank or something like that. Um, I got a job with a nonprofit organization that did really interesting behavioral science research internationally. Um, they sent me to Lima, Peru. I spent two years down there. I grew the organization from two people to 40 people went back to Harvard to start my master's. Um, and then I spent the summer, my summer at the World Bank thinking I was like, I had arrived, this was my dream job. Um, I was bored out of my mind. It was far too bureaucratic for me. I wanted to do something much faster paced. Got back to um, finish my master's. It was September of 2008, the economy crashes. Oh I man. Um, and my advisor says, well, listen, you have tons of ideas that you want to research. Why don't you just stick around and do a PhD? And I thought that was a great idea. Um, so I continue to be really interested in this question of um, kind of broadly, how can you use data to improve um, bottom of the pyramid? Um, 
And so when I started thinking about my dissertation, I started thinking about the labor market. Um, Something I had seen both in the U.S. and also abroad is that employers that are hiring people who don't have the fancy degrees that I have, for example, it's much harder to figure out who you want to hire. Um, Started hacking around with that for my research, realized there was actually kind of an awesome way to help companies hire better. Um, Realized I'd written a business plan, got some funding, connected with my co-founders, and uh, here we are. We've all heard of Drift and Intercom and these other messaging companies that are reaching multi-billion dollar valuations and raising hundreds of millions of dollars. And that's why customer engagement company Freshworks is jumping into the game with their new product, FreshChat, which helps engage website visitors, convert them into customers, and retain and support those customers to become happy, engaged users. Now, Freshworks is valued at $1.5 billion and has more than 150,000 businesses around the world using them. Their new product, FreshChat, differentiates from the market because one, they've got channels to create focused message threads and threading. Number two, it's self-service inside the messenger. Number three, They have a lower price point, mainly because they have revenue from other revenue streams. It allows them to get away with a cheaper price point. And number four, it's specifically built for marketing, sales, and support teams. If you want to try Fresh Chat today, you can do so at nathanlacka.com forward slash Fresh Chat to turn visitors into leads and customers into happy, engaged users. Again, sign up for a 30-day free trial. It's a beautiful thing. So easy to sign up. nathanlatka.com forward slash Fresh Chat. I'll see you there. So how much funding did you get in that initial tranche? Oh my, no. I mean, this was an angel investor who became a mentor. He ended up putting in a hundred grand. He worked very closely with us, but it was enough to give, uh, to give me the sort of, to keep on going. Was that your professor? No, he wasn't. He, um, he sits on the board at the Kennedy school, which is how I connected with him, but not, not a professor. Okay. And what year was this? When was the official launch? We started in the U.S. We started taking paying clients in 2016. Um, I had done some initial hacking around with the idea while doing research internationally. And that started, you know, I would say like initial research started in 2012. Okay, got um, it. Seller employee 2016. And, and to date, how much have you raised? Today, we've raised $650,000. Oh, I love it. I was, I, I was hoping you weren't going to say like $20 million or something. Good. So you've stayed lean. We've stayed lean. Yeah, we would love to. Um, we are in the process of raising. We'd love to raise a little bit more right now, but yeah. we have pretty lean to date. How much are you trying to raise right now? And, and as a CEO, how do you think about when's the right time to raise versus keep bootstrapping or, or not raising? Yeah, um, it was a tough decision. So we now have we have demonstrated that we reduced turnover by 30% in five industries. So call centers, retail, fast food, delivery, fulfillment centers. Um, we have two really big clients I mentioned one to you earlier that are about to convert from four month pilot and we need more capital to keep them happy. And we're kind of ready to grow. We see the market interest in data um, in the hourly market is increasing and we're kind of ready to ride that late. So that's how we decided now. We looked at um, how long it takes to roll out, where we want to be, what we would need to get to 3 million ARR by the end of 2019, landed on about 1.5 million, which is what we're raising right now. That's great. And where will most that capital go to? I'm sorry? Where will most that-, yeah, that capital go to in terms of who you're hiring? 
Sales, absolutely. We are currently, my co-founder, Irene Chung, is running sales right now. She's fabulous, but she's got to do other stuff. <laughs> um, and data science, um, which we basically have up and ready to go, the algorithm I wrote during my PhD. However, I also have to do other stuff. So those are the two, mostly sales, a couple other people, a lot of conferences. I hear you. And what have you scaled to today in terms of total customers using the platform? We're filtering about 2,000 applicants every week, um, and we're um, and that's across three industries um, okay. in, for five locations. Okay. Do you, do you measure like the low, like how many call center like brands you're working with, or like you have Starbucks and Pete's Coffee, and that like do you measure customer logos like that, or no? Um, we think about it because that's the kind of number of sales that we have to make. But in terms of our revenue, it's really the number of people that we're processing. That's each. interesting. It's okay. a big sales process. That's yeah. interesting. Okay, so you said, did I hear you correctly? You said 2,000 weekly? Yeah. Okay, and, and sorry, how, across how many businesses is that? It's across three, three businesses um, and five different locations with relationships that we're managing. Interesting. So this is very early. Um, we yeah. joined ERA, the Entrepreneur Roundtable Accelerator, in January. This is when we moved out of sort of beta phase and um, started with the industries that we had identified. So we're kind of just coming out of that and getting ready to take well, off. Well, but it sounds like you have good growth. I mean, what's your revenue today, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, we're about 5K a month. Okay, well, that's great. I mean, look, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, so again, three customers. We talked earlier about that kind of three grand per month kind of minimum. That puts you at around, you know, nine-ish, but maybe you gave discounts early on. So you're at 5K right now. Um, you've got two logos. You're, you're focused on, on closing, which is great. Um, have you, how do you measure churn in your kind of business? Obviously, you have a very small kind of sample size to work with, but how do you think about churn? Yeah, well, we, I mean, we think about clients that don't convert from pilot to full contracts. Um, that's, the, that's the biggest thing. Again, B2B, small number, but that's, that's what we're concerned with. Interesting. Okay, good. It's probably too early though to actually know what your churn is going to be in any meaningful way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of wh- how you're acquiring these customers, what you're spending to acquire them, again, you have you have three or four of them. I imagine right now it's just sweat equity and hard work, right? A lot of sweat equity, a lot of hard work. The reason <laughs> that we decided that we wanted to really follow the call center vertical, however, is that we did a quick and dirty email outreach campaign just to gauge kind of broad interest in the product. Um, sent 180 emails to a swath of the population um, and got to second stage demo. We're still in conversation. Second stage demos with three of the top 20 call centers in the U.S. So we were like, okay, this is a real problem. We're ready to have this conversation. That's great. And what's your team size today? We are three co-founders and one client account manager. We've done a lot. It sounds like you have two um, with Fiverr, Upwork, et cetera. We have, so we have contractors you know, filling in here and there as well. Yeah. The, by the way, I love all those platforms. It allows me to not have fixed costs, no healthcare expenses, no 401ks, no like t- office space. It's great. We've learned a lot by uh, by trying people. Oftentimes, we'll get a design through there. Then we'll know who to go to to make it better here. It's been a great way to grow. That's great. Okay, Sarah, let's wrap up here uh, with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? My favorite? Uh, well, the most recent I read is sort of a business book. It's called Quiet, The Power of Introverts by Susan Cain. Um, all the three of us are, uh, we, we consider ourselves almost introverts. And so we've worked very hard to figure out how to work together and also kind of run our company. That's great. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, I like to follow people in my space. The person who I most kind of am interested in is actually a a manager, Scooter Braun. I think he's really fascinating. That's an interesting kind of industry for someone like you to kind of get in with. What what did you read about him that made you go, I got to learn from this guy? 
Um, I mean, if you go back to 2012, he did Gangnam Style, he did Call Me Maybe, and he made Justin Bieber a star in a very short period of time. And he just had, oh, he is just a scrappy guy. He has done a lot. I, it's, I find it very inspiring. That's great. Number four, what's your, or sorry, number three, what's your favorite online tool? My favorite online tool, um, Text Expander. Number uh, four, how many hours do you sleep to get every night? I'm a big fan of eight hours of sleep, but I have a five-month-old at home, so it's Ooh. been more like four and a half to six lately. Wow. Okay, so one kiddo, married? Married. Okay. Yeah, and how old are you? I'm 37. 37. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh, just because you've won the argument doesn't make you right. Interesting. And it makes you a good debater. Makes you a good debater, but um, in life, you you want to... You want to be right, not because you want to be right, but you want the right information. So don't try to win the argument. Try to figure out what's right. Guys, there you have it from Sarah. I spent a lot of time researching this as she you know, finished uh, her degrees and then traveled the world between 2012, 2016, then realized this was a real problem, got $100,000 from uh, an angel investor who sits on the board of the Kennedy School, since has raised an additional 550,000 bucks for 650 grand in total funding, has three customers right now doing about five grand per month in revenue, very close to closing though, some big contracts, specifically in the call center vertical, which is very interesting. They've got a team of three based up in New York City. Sarah, thank you for taking us to the top. Thanks so much, Nathan.